From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk TNT Radio. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me, you can do so via email, charlierobinson at tntradio.live. You can go to my new website, macroaggressions.io, where you can find out all the information about the books I've written. You can find out about this show if you want to watch it there. Or um, any information about my social media is found at macroaggressions.io. Before we start with the headlines, I want to say this is the two-year anniversary of the passing of my good friend, Kev Baker, host of The Kev Baker Show. I would not be doing what I am doing today if it wasn't for the amazing work, generosity, and soul of my good friend, Kev Baker. So I'm thinking about you every day, brother. Gone too soon. But we will carry the torch for you. Let's start with some headlines for this Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Gateway Pundit has reported, Emmanuel Macron and France celebrate only 745 vehicles torched on New Year's Eve. Wow, have you tried not being an awful person for once, Manny? Maybe maybe give that a shot next year and see if the uh, if the burnings uh, subside just a little bit. I don't know, maybe just an idea. Daily Mail is reporting, Harvard President Claudine Gay is hit with six new plagiarism claims, bringing the total number of accusations to nearly 50. This is the gift that keeps on giving. She has done more to destroy diversity, inclusion, and equity than any, than a million screaming Republicans could have done. This is the, oh, stay you, Claudine. You are a grifter of the the highest order. Uh, Get woke, go broke. Breaking news, though, this just reported minutes ago, Claudine Gay has officially stepped down as president of Harvard. Oh, what a shame. Hate to see you go there, Claudine. Don't worry. I hear that McDonald's is hiring. And in California, you can get $20 an hour there. From Zero Hedge, no stomach in U.S. to keep funding Ukraine as war is over, ex-Pentagon official. Ooh, sorry, Zelensky, you coked up little elf. I guess you're not getting your big Christmas bonus, but um, the party's over, and you will soon take your place with the rest of the American collaborators, including Saddam Hussein and Muammar Gaddafi. So enjoy that. Um, I'll tell you what, if you're getting on an airplane and Zelensky sits next to you, ding that call button get yourself off. And finally, we lost a great one over the weekend with the passing of John Pilger, a great Australian documentary filmmaker. He was a relentless pain in the ass. And of course, you know, I love that. He was um, a documentary filmmaker. He made such movies as The War You Don't See about government propaganda. He The Coming War on China, which was released back in 2016. And of course, he was a huge advocate for the release of Julian Assange. He was a supporter of the rights of the Palestinian people. Anywhere there were uh, wars against uh, humanity, you would probably find John Pilger there making a documentary. He was uh, he wrote The War on Democracy about Operation Condor and the role of the United States in South America during the uh, early to late 70s and early 80s. And uh, and of course, he most recently put out a documentary in 2019 
about the National Health Service called the Dirty War on the National Health Service, exposing the bureaucracy and push to privatize the NHS. He's a destroyer of war narratives. He did extensive work in Southeast Asia and in South and Central America, reporting on all of that. An Australian hero, a truth teller, a freedom fighter, a certified badass, John Pilger, everybody. If you have not, if you're not familiar with his work, uh, take take advantage of this weird week as we move into the first part of 2024 and find one of his films on uh, whatever video platform you choose to use and and do yourself a favor and watch some of it because this was a guy that was doing it before it was cool and definitely when you could get yourself locked up for exposing the crimes of the not just the American empire but the global hegemony and uh and and there's these are hard uh, big shoes to fill with John Pilger what a shame we um Hopefully there's a new batch coming up that will take John's place. So shout out to him. Hey, if you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back whenever you want. Whenever you want, just visit episodes on TNT radio website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT radio. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A foreign exchange student from China reported missing in Utah on December 29th has been found alive but very cold and scared, hiding in a tent in the Brigham City Canyon area after falling prey to an apparent instance of cyber kidnapping. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Whoa, cyber kidnapping. Welcome to 2024, huh? I know. What a way to start the year. This is totally new on me. Uh, you know what they say, you learn something new every day. Um, this is shocking. I, 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 I've never heard of this. Uh, the police referred to it as cyber kidnapping. I didn't even think this was a thing, but apparently it is. Uh, according to uh, some of the sources I have in front of me, cyber kidnapping is also known as virtual kidnapping and no we're not talking about like a virtual kidnapping taking place in a video game or the metaverse no what this involves is misleading victims families into paying a ransom to free a loved one you know like a kidnapping however in such cases as a virtual or cyber kidnapping the kidnappers are actually bluffing they're not actually holding anyone what? Instead, through deception, threats, and other tactics, they coerce victims into paying a quick ransom before the ruse is discovered. Now, this case involves two things, actually. Uh, according to the Riverdale Police Department, one 17-year-old Kai Zhuang was reported missing on Friday, a day after he was last seen at the home where he had been staying in Riverdale. Well, he was found safe, thank goodness, in a tent about 25 miles away from Riverdale in the Brigham City area over the weekend. In a statement to the media, police said, quote, the victim was relieved to see police. The victim only wanted to speak to his family to ensure they were safe and requested a warm cheeseburger, both of which were accomplished on the way back to Riverdale PD, end quote. Don't blame the kid for wanting a cheeseburger. Uh, authorities revealed Kai was isolating himself on the orders of alleged cyber kidnappers who threatened his family who live back in China. 
That's because he is a foreign exchange student. At the same time, Kai's family received a ransom note and a photograph of the student that made it appear that he had been abducted and was in danger. Apparently, the family paid $80,000 in ransom before the kid was found. Uh, according to Riverdale Police Chief Casey Warren, Kai was found with no heat sources and limited supplies in freezing cold temperatures, end quote. Oh, sorry, quote, the victim had no heat source inside the tent, only a heat blanket, a sleeping bag, limited food and water, and several phones that were presumed to be used to carry out the cyber kidnapping, end quote. That's according to, um, oh, who, who, I'm so sorry, I believe that's according to the police chief, that's right, that's right, Mr. Warren. Okay, now he urged the police chief, that is, that he's saying that foreign exchange students need to contact their local police department if they find themselves in a similar situation rather than complying with any demands that are made by the criminals. Mr. Warren said, quote, I want foreign exchange students to know they can trust police to protect them and to work with police to ensure their safety as well as their family's safety abroad, end quote. Riverdale police first asked for public assistance to find Kai on December 29th following the ransom demand and concerns for his welfare. During their investigation, authorities discovered Kai had purchased camping gear and was likely hiding out somewhere. The host family uh, was reportedly unaware that their charge was missing. After hearing him in the house the same morning he went missing, police said there was no signs he was forcibly taken. Authorities also have learned that Kai had attempted to go camping in Provo, which is about 75 75 miles south of Riverdale. That was back on December 20th. And he was returned home by local police over concerns for his safety in the dangerously cold temperatures. He did not disclose the ongoing attempts by cyber kidnappers at that time to force him into isolation. And police uh, have asked for anyone with information about the incident to contact detectives immediately as this investigation is ongoing into this alleged cyber kidnapping plot. Charlie, since the kid did this earlier and didn't say anything about it, uh, there, there's a chance he might be involved in this plot, is my guess. But what do you think about this? This is very strange to me. It is very strange. I, I'm, I'm not surprised, though. This is sort of a new trend that we're seeing. I saw something about this a couple of months ago, talking about um, how good the technology has gotten to clone people's voices and that you can make them appear to say whatever you want them to say. And so it is it is possible that people were um, using the voices, uh, pre-recorded voices of, of somebody to pretend as though they were kidnapped and have that be the message sent back to their family. Hey, mom, it's me. I'm a, uh, uh, I've been these guys have got me. You got to do what they say. Give them what they want. They said they'll let me go. This and that when, in fact, none of that was actually happening. So this is this seems like the beginning stages of a really weird trend towards this. We've got. Uh, artificial intelligence generating images that look very good. We've got the uh, rise of deep fake technology in the form of videos. We have obviously now that I just mentioned the the audio cloning that's happening. The, this maybe this is a, just sort of like the junior varsity team running this operation. I mean, eighty thousand dollars is not nothing. But but again, like you said, I wonder if he was involved in some way, shape, or form. Maybe he's gullible. He is seventeen. He is in a foreign country that he's unfamiliar with, and I don't know his language uh, capabilities. But 
Uh, I will assume if he's from China that English at the bare minimum is not his primary language. So he could be part of this. He could be a confused young kid that got wrangled into it. He could have met somebody and mentioned that his family's back home in China and is really wealthy and, and walked into a trap. I don't know, boy, this is a, this is a weird one, but, uh, but I, I mean, do you get the feeling that this is the, be like that, that if we're, when we're doing this again in the, the first week of 2025, that, uh, that maybe this isn't going to be the only time we talk about a story as unusual as this. I think this is actually something that's been going on for a while. And this is basically kind of the first time the public in general is hearing about it. That's what's probably going on. Um, it's also interesting to note that it appears because this this does happen frequently, according to um, one of these articles, Yahoo, no, uh, Yahoo News. Here we go, because this is related to Chinese uh, foreign nationals for some reason. So the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. actually issued a warning to Chinese nationals in the U.S. to, quote, boost safety awareness, take necessary precautions and stay vigilant against virtual kidnapping and other forms of telecom and online fraud, end quote. So it makes sense that it would be easy to, number one, get away with this when you're so far away, you know, by continents across the world like this. Um, also, apparently there's there's a, a gap in the way that um, – people who are what what's it called like the the guest home when they're when they're hosting the foreign exchange student maybe there should be a little more awareness on their part uh perhaps that's my suggestion but yeah i think uh this is this might be limited to a, a thing with the the chinese citizens because of what the ccp likes to do to their citizens who are abroad um so i i don't know i, I think it's too early to call this one but there, there's always a slight chance the kid was actually involved too maybe trying to score some money for mom and pop who knows yeah. I mean, normally the Chinese government likes to kidnap, do the kidnapping themselves, right? Uh, instead of outsourcing this to cyber ter terrorists. I mean, after all, the Chinese have police stations in Canada, right? That that are sovereign territory of, a, of the Chinese CCP. So I don't know. I mean, I get a little... I get a little suspicious when it's when it's a Chinese national and uh, and it feels it always feels a little agenda driven and a little political. I'm sure this could just be a, a, a coincidence. But the thing that that really is is the monkey wrench in this whole operation is, as you mentioned, the fact that he had expressed interest in trying to camp in Provo earlier and that he was turned away because he was well, basically going to freeze to death if he went through with that plan. And maybe he's unsure how, how the weather patterns really work in Utah. Here's the spoiler alert. It gets really cold uh, this time of year down there. So so if you're unprepared, maybe this, is a, maybe this is a plot gone wrong. Maybe this is a gullible kid that they tried to do this to before. I don't know. I, uh, I got a bad feeling about all this stuff, but... Um, but uh, but I appreciate you bringing it to our attention because the more we know now, the next time some Chinese hacker tries to kidnap me and my, my family, they're never going to get away with it because I'm already on to them. Thanks, Ruckus. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, have a good one, sir. Uh, Charlie. All right. We will see you then. And after the break, we will be back with our guest, Lindsay Sharman from Rogueways. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot if your country is being invaded. Uh, that's one thing, and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but you know, if the war, if it's a globalist war, I, 
I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars and most of them just uh, are. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home, that's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with the Charlie Robinson Show. My guest is the host of Rogue Ways. You can find her website, rogueways.org, or you can check her out when she is the head zookeeper for Day Zero, a show that I appear on uh, from time to time. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Lindsay Sharman. Hello, Lindsay. How are you? Good to see you. Happy I'm 2024. Yeah, happy new year, Charlie. Thanks for having me here. It's great. I'm I'm excited about this year, despite all of the possible destruction that's existing in the world today. <laughs> well, good. Let's start with that with that good vibrational energy going into 2024. I know we've got a selection process uh, coming in at the towards the tail end of this year, which may or may not actually happen. We'll see. But but tell me about the good things that we have coming this year, because I could use some good news. I think we all could use a little good news, right? Right. 
right? Please give us the good news. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm really heartened, actually. I do uh, the winning report every week. And so I always am looking at even the negative things happening in the world with a positive sort of spin of like what we're getting out of it or what we can do about it or, you know, remembering our, our power. And I've also seen this trend in response to a lot of the tyranny and the totalitarian and the globalist techno-communist takeover of the world that they're attempting. A lot of the backlash has been really positive. So in the past few years, we've seen home gardens, for example, jump up hundreds of percent, like tons of people are, even if they're just like, I don't know, I'll try to grow a few tomatoes or a few squash. It's not like I'm going to provide all my food for myself, but just that is huge. I mean, this is part of how we got through wars that decimated our economy in recent decades or in, in distant decades, rather. So it's cool that people are going back to things like that. Home chicken rearing is on the increase and people are remembering those types of skills, which, you know, like maybe it won't get you through an entire year's worth of food if you're just starting out, but eventually it could. And it's definitely something that anyone who wants to control you doesn't want you to have at your disposal. So those things are massively increased. And my favorite thing that's massively increased, having been a public school teacher for many years, private school a little bit internationally, abroad and locally and rural and urban and all sorts of situations. I've never seen a school system that is fantastic. And so I'm a big fan of homeschooling and homeschooling has increased insanely, just huge amounts of just mass exodus from the school system. And again, somebody wants to control you. They're going to do it through stealing your children's minds and hearts from, from them and indoctrinating them. So if you can remove that effect, now we have a whole entire new sector of people who are likely to become very free. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. And I, and I'm I'm a big fan of decentralizing from the government, but when it comes to yourself, centralize as much as you can. Take them out of the equa equation. If you can grow your own food, please do. If you can teach your own kids, please do. Uh, the idea, I had a guy, David Rodriguez, who started the Gatto Institute. He told me, don't ever call them public schools ever again. Call them government schools. Because when you call them government schools, it sounds extra bad. And of course, they are government schools. And I thought, you know what? You're right. I have to sort of think about that. And he, was been, he has been teaching classes on unschooling and homeschooling for a long, long time. And I think that parents were probably hesitant to that. And they saw, well, you know, I don't know teach my kid and I don't, I don't remember physics and how am I going to, what are we going to do once we get to, oh, I don't know, eighth grade math and I'm already lost, you know, am I going to be able to do it? And, and then we went through the COVID period where people were kind of forced to do things differently and teach people from home and live their lives differently. And what they found was that in actuality, oh, I could do this. And there's help, right? There, there's places you can go to get yourself built-in curriculums, or there's groups that you can meet with and say, hey, listen, man, like, I don't want my kid to get indoctrinated in this government school anymore. I'm going to partner with four other families in my neighborhood, and let's go peel a good teacher off and hire them for our five families, and we can do it that way, right? So there's a lot of options. Oh, there's so many options. I love unschooling as well. You know, there's this concept, I don't know where, I guess we got it from government schools, but that we have to like pound all of this information into a little mind and like make them focus on it all day long. And they have to sit in the desk and they have to like do all of these. That's not really what learning is actually about. And we know this scientifically just about how people actually do learn, how they acquire new skills, new information, and then keep it, retain it and grow in it. 
Uh, and it's not like that. And actually what it is like is like experience and doing things and actually living the lesson. And so when you think about like, how will I teach my child? You can actually teach your child, especially in those first, I'm going to say like 12 years, just by having them do whatever you do. Like if you're, if you have a stay at home person, who's going to be doing the teaching anyways, then cleaning, gardening, like we're talking about, chicken rearing, going to local, I mean, libraries and zoos and just different sort of public activities that exist have huge learning opportunities within them. And yeah, we have this giant resource called the internet now. <laughs> There's so much, you know, documentaries and texts and things you can get for free. Those groups you talked about, even on really awful you know, <laughs> platforms like Facebook and Instagram and these places, you can find so much that will actually support you to be able to do this. You don't have to be the one who knows everything. You just have to be the one who understands how to help your child connect with anything. And the world is a big place. We can all learn whatever yeah. we need to here. Yeah. And I think parents are hesitant to do that. They think that the the school system or the government has a monopoly on education. It's just really not the case. I can't think I can't even tell you how much I had to unlearn everything I thought I learned in history class in order to learn real history over the last couple of uh, days. And I saw this uh, great meme. It's two pictures. It shows one one picture of a kid with his uh, head on the desk in class. And it says history in school. And then the next picture is of uh, Charlie Day from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, the conspiracy theorist background with everything and the cigarette. And, his, and then it says conspiracy. It says that it says history as a hobby. Right. And it's way more fun <laughs> when it's our, when it's your hobby, right. When you're not getting tested, but when the, when the teachers at the front of the, at the classroom is going to say, okay, we're about, I'm going to give you your test. You know, we're going to have to test you on operation condor this, you know, today, like that, would, <laughs> that would, I, if only my, my teachers were doing that. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a quick news break for a minute. We'll be right back with Lindsay Sharman after this okay everybody listen up big news big news For real big news here we go now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill the israel defense forces recently announced a successful operation in gaza where they targeted adil misma a commander from hamas lee jai myung the leader of South Korea's Democratic Party was attacked while addressing reporters in Busan, southeastern port city, on Tuesday. In the wake of catastrophic earthquakes that struck Japan on New Year's Day, rescue operations are intensively underway to save people trapped under the debris. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're back with author, podcast host, former teacher, certified badass, Lindsay Sharman, everybody. Uh, we're talking about the, the outlook for 2024. So uh, listen, I'm glad that we've got some positive things um, coming around, on, you know, looking like changes from 2023. One of them is the, can, can we have, when do we hold the funeral for DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion in um, in America? Because it seems like the wheels have fallen off of this uh, experiment. It was anchored in reverse racism to begin with. It feels very culturally Marxist to me. It's run by some of the dumbest people in the world, but unfortunately, it's also financed by some of the wealthiest people, too. So we start to see the role of uh, the oversized role of the Black Rocks, Vanguards and State Streets of the world getting themselves involved in woke commercialization of business. I don't know. But it seems like 
there isn't as much of an appetite for this stuff as they would like us to believe. Are we going to see a different uh, 2024 with regard to this uh, this wokeism in our corporations? Man, I really hope so. You know, what's really terrifying about some of this is the hires that were made in various industries and sectors that are really important for people's safety and wellness. Uh, and these hires, instead of being made based on merit, based on skill, based on the things that you would think would be important to us, uh, they were made based on the color of someone's skin or, you know, what genitalia they had or how they identify and that's like the least important thing about a person, especially in regards to their skills and abilities. So, for example, we've seen is uh, the air flight traffic controllers have been hired because of diversity, that we have way more near misses and almost collisions in midair between various airplanes at different places. So they can't even do the job correctly, but hundreds of lives are at stake at any given time. And all of these near misses is just sheer luck. It's sheer luck that the pilot or somebody was paying attention at the last minute pulled up because this is all automated. And if someone's not warning someone or whatever, there's going to be this collision. Well, we just saw a collision. I think it was today in Japan. And there may be hundreds dead. There is at least, uh, you know, 10 or so dead uh, last time I checked in. And this is horrifying. And I don't know for sure, because Japan isn't the same culture. Maybe they're not doing diversity hires. But having heard about this over the months and how much worse air travel is getting because of this, I can't imagine what other sectors are also crumbling despite us not, we're just not noticing yet. Like, when are we going to hit critical mass and it's all just going to start falling apart? You know, as people seem to be degrading an IQ from injections and who knows what else. And then we also have these diversity hires messing things up because they're not capable is just a recipe for disaster. So not definitely not everything's looking so rosy, but if people are rejecting this more and more, maybe we can get things back on track and go back to at least having some relative understanding that we'll be safe. Right. Well, call, call, call me old fashioned, but I like my pilots to actually know how to fly the plane. I'm not really so much concerned about the one legged uh, Eskimo transgendered midget uh, right. diversity box getting checked on my flight. I want people that are really good at flying and landing, especially the landing part of my airplanes. And when that has been infected by diversity quotas and, as you mentioned, air traffic control in there, we've also got the introduction of, let's not sugarcoat this either. The jabs are causing a lot of unforeseen problems that you can't really put your finger on until somebody gets up in the air and has a medical incident behind the uh, in the cockpit behind the, the controllers of your airplane. So, this is one of those things that I am looking for. I mean, the nature is cruel. The world is not an equal place. I am not looking for equality in outcomes, maybe equality in opportunities. Everybody's got a chance to go try out for the Lakers, right? But I don't have any sort of special guarantee that I should be playing uh, center for the Lakers. That would be preposterous, right? But why isn't the same level of thought used when it look when we're looking at people in, and as you said, in people in positions of uh, of that require us to be extremely concerned about the safety of the general public when in the hands of somebody that was hired not because they're the best at what they do but simply because they tick a diversity box this seems like insanity but 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 this can't last forever right i mean at some point there's a reckoning right does it take airplanes blowing up or like 
where is our line in the proverbial sand on this one, Lindsay? Yeah, it's really, really terrifying. And, you know, that exact idea, like we don't have equality. If you have an equality of your idea of people in general, you say, yeah, I give everyone the chance to show me that they're a decent human or that they're skilled at this or skilled at that or whatever. But I'm not in any way going to pretend like every single person I've ever met is the same. It's a crazy thought and it's mentally unwell. It's emotionally unwell. And it's uh, the seed of it is a mental and emotional unwellness in our society in general. Like the people who are promoting this, the people who are championing these championing these ideas they're not well you saw that i forget her name but she's like the uh, head of yale or harvard and she just had to step down shortest tenure ever in the history of their their school she's also a diversity hire we can guess and you know very incapable but the reason she had to step down is because the things she's saying are mentally and emotionally unwell they're abusive they're disgusting right they're not they don't belong in a civil situation in which many types of people are working together. And I think people who are well have this understanding of, despite my personal politics, despite what I might believe about something, I understand that I'm interacting with lots of different people at once. And it, my politics don't belong here. I'm in a position of leadership and service, and it doesn't require me. But mentally and emotionally unwell people are generally about in this case, at least, when they're in this type of public position, controlling other people. They're basically narcissists, whether they know it or not. <laughs> and so that's how they act. They're like, no, you're going to believe what I believe. What I believe is not emotionally, mentally well. It's not stable at all, but I'm going to force it on you. And you have to do what I say. And you have to reflect back at me, my sick and twisted worldview, or else there's going to be problems for you. So yeah. that's what we're guess- seeing all over the place. But should we really be that surprised to find that in academia? I mean, we spend our entire lives having to regurgitate back to the teacher what the teacher told us to believe and what they told us to say. And now and 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 it was one thing when I was just sitting in my, you know, seventh grade history class being told that, the you know, the reason for the Vietnam War was this when in actuality it was something else. I don't know that there was any nefarious purpose except the obvious rewriting of history. But 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 nowadays, this time around. It feels like it's not just enough to be a teacher. You have to be an activist on top of that, right? Is that where we're going now with the libs of TikTok have, having, you know, show, holding up a mirror to these lunatics and showing them like, this is what you've become. You aren't just groomer adjacent. These are all of the things that people, as you said, that are mentally unwell do to other people. Are we, is this, 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 this might be. I'm hoping, Lindsay, that that 2024 is the turning point on this because it feels like even the sort of casual observer of all of this woke nonsense is going, you know, this experiment doesn't seem to be working. And you would think that it would. You would think that with as much money as these asset managers have to reimagine society from the top down and, 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 you know, reconfigure corporations and make them change their boards of directors and make them prioritize uh, tuck pants at Target as opposed instead of which you maybe are going to sell. I don't know. Um, a thousand units nationwide instead. Let's make let's put that up instead of putting it in the back of the store. Let's put it right at the front of the store. So everybody can see it. It feels very agenda driven. And whenever you mix agendas in business, I don't know. I don't know if I exactly if if I get a good feeling about where all this stuff is headed. But I'll tell you what, we've got Lindsay for another segment after this break. So we will be back with Lindsay Sharman from Rogue Ways after this. This is TNT Radio. Anticipate with tension. 
potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. The next time you think you can illegally handle your mobile phone while driving and get away with it, think again. Phone detection cameras are in operation on New South Wales roads. Hello? So if you're driving and illegally handle your mobile phone, you can stop it or cop it. You have the power of information. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back for a final segment with Lindsay Sharman from Rogue Ways. You can visit her website, rogueways.org. That's Ways, W-A-Y-S.org. Good place to find out information about the books that she's written, the podcasts that she hosts, and all of her. And you can book uh, personal sessions with her as well for all sorts of interesting. If you want to get into 2024 the right way, go see Lindsay. Um, let's talk about this then, because... It feels like uh, since we were talking about woke di- diversity, equity, inclusion, let's t- I want to mention this really quick. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, who vetoed a bill blocking sex change operations for kids, he he blocked. There was a, a bill that was going to say, no, no, you can't have sex change operations for kids. He came in and said, no, 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 we have to block that. And do you know why he blocked that? Well, it turns out that he took $40,000 from a pro-trans hospital. Isn't that always the way this goes, Lindsay? These scumbags are all, it's so obvious. Whenever you see something, a, a politician do something that feels incompatible with logic, sanity, reason, all these things, just go look at who gave them money, right? Isn't that where we can find uh, a lot of the problems uh, right there is the people with the cash? Oh, it is. It's been like a corporatist state for who knows how long and the largest bidder is going to get their way. And this is why we have any of the wars we have and any of the policies we have and any of the things that are happening is just so the people who have all of the wealth can stay having all of the wealth. And it's really disturbing that my entire life, people have admitted it. People know it. Nobody's nobody's shy. About, oh, yeah. I mean, there's bribes and there's corruption and there's you know, um, all of this and fake philanthropy and all of these things. We know that politicians are equivalent to liars. Everybody knows these things, but it doesn't somehow stop people from picking like their favorite liar and pretending like their favorite liar is not somehow doing the same job as them. And I grant there's a few, I'm sure there's not very many of them that are actually just public servants and have our best interests at mind. I don't even know if the term public servant is known by people under 40 right now like do they know that that's what it's supposed to be (laughs) 
I don't think so. I saw Ron Paul get a standing ovation at, at an anarchist conference. And I was, I remember thinking, I saw it, I've seen it on multiple occasions. I remember thinking to myself, he's a, he served 20 years in the American government as a Republican. He should rightly be, I mean, with that resume, you'd think he'd be booed off the stage at an anarchist right. conference. And yet he was, he gets a standing ovation every time he comes out there in part because he's one of the few politicians that says, this is what I believe. And this is what I want to do. And then he raises money from people that are ideologically aligned with what he believes and what he wants to do so that he doesn't ever have to feel compromised. He's not taking money from Lockheed Martin and then going and being anti-war. That would get him blown up, of course. But but he's 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 been who he's been consistent. That lack of consistency in in showing integrity is deeply missing from our government. It has been for a while. You know, I read a headline like this that Ohio governor Mike DeWine takes its money. I'm not shocked, not even for a second. I'm only shocked that that we're finding out about it now. You know, I'm only shocked that it's only forty thousand dollars. I mean, uh, let's let's do let's search. Let's do what they did with Bob Menendez, right? Let let's go search through Gold Bar Bob's house. Let's see. Do you have cash in your freezer? Do you have it in in coffee cans hidden in the garage? Bob Menendez did. I mean, let's do it for everyone. I feel these. The idea that politicians can go into office broke like Nikki Haley or Nancy Pelosi and come out multi, multi-millionaires should be against the law, right? Am I old fashioned in this belief or high on be paint? The law. You know, yeah. should be well, think the about law. think about how it used to be. Like somebody would get elected from their little town or even their city. They weren't as big as they were now. And then you would go to Washington like once or twice a year or something. When you came back, if you hadn't done what was best for the people there, now you're physically present with all of these people who can hold you accountable to some degree, will hate you at least, and will definitely not reelect you. Now things are so big. They're so bloated. They're so convoluted, you know, that how do we keep, how do we hold someone accountable actually? It's the whole system that's corrupt, right? So how do we even try to hold someone like Nancy Pelosi accountable for all of the money that she's made, clearly insider trading and more and worse? Uh, when we don't even have any sort of idea like where where these people would be or how to interact with them. Or, you know, my friend was describing just trying to deliver some documents to a senator, trying to make the appointment, just trying to get into the building, trying to get anywhere near even an office that that person might be in. You know, they already go through a metal detector, a pat down, everything to get there and still can't even get close and to anyone who like <laughs> you even would know would get the person the documents. So there's a lot of ways that we're just very cut off from and disconnected from what seems like this bloated, massive beast that is perhaps beyond us. But it would be so great for people to realize that um, it doesn't have to be like that. I, I know with all we can criticize about Millet, it's pretty amazing that he just like gutted more than half of the federal government um, just done, just gone. And yeah. I would love to see that. We We would I think we should aim for that. Well, well, the the best way I agree, and I think the best way to get close to one of these politicians that you know, if you can't get get to him through the metal detector at, at Capitol Hill, just invite him to your airplane and fly him off to this magical island that you've got in the Caribbean. It seems that uh, that's one way to keep people in line is to have the goods on them, and we see that the Epstein list is set to be made public today, after the FBI, Mossad, and MI6 have had. 
four years to manage the list and put whoever on they want and take whoever off they want. Um, are we going to get any surprises from this list or is this just going to be a, a, a big to do about nothing? I think people like us who pay attention frequently won't have any surprises in this list. We'll see people on that list that the the really deep establishment wants to get rid of. And we won't see people on that list who are a really deep establishment. Uh, like you said, it's been cleansed. It's been scrubbed. It's been tailored. Even if there's a few on there that kind of surprise us, I would guess that those people are being almost offered like a way out, you know, like almost like a faking your own death. They'll just be like, okay, yeah, now you can be out of politics. Well, you're still really in our good graces. We just sort of, you know, you're off to the side now. Just like I think really just Lane Maxwell and, and Epstein themselves might be. I don't think she's in prison. I I, I don't know why we should believe that. She's, she's right? Her father is Mossad. Why would she be in prison? How would she be in prison? I don't think people who are that highly connected end up in prison. So we've been given very few like little clips, little tiny bits of interviews, little images. Those can all be really easily created. I don't know where she is. And I don't know if Epstein's alive or not. But if he is, that was a pretty good escape route, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a hell of a, <laughs> a magician. David Copperfield, the, the Siegfried and Roy would uh, would appreciate that uh, little stunt that they pulled. But even when Epstein was in, before he was in uh, prison in Lower Manhattan or wherever uh, he allegedly was, he did some time in South Florida. And, uh, you know, my idea of what prison is and Jeffrey Epstein's idea about what prison is are two very different things. He had a cell to himself with a, with no lock on it. The door was open. He was allowed to get picked up in the morning by his driver, driven across town to an office that he was working out of. And then he would have his driver take him back to the jail. And I use that term very loosely where he would spend his nights. So even when you are caught, it isn't like uh, it's not he's not going to Pelican Bay where he's going to learn how to braid hair and hang off of some guy's belt loop. I mean, this is the sort of uh, prison that you go to where they make all of your, um, you know, they, they, they have an omelet bar. Right. I mean, this isn't this doesn't strike fear into the heart of criminals. But then again, when you work with the intelligence agencies, the rules are very different. Right. So so I'm. Uh, I'm curious to see what's on this list, not because I don't know who should be on the list or anything like that, of course, but just to see how the media wants to frame this for the normies out there. Like you said, we've been watching this for a long, long time. We know who's been on the island. We know we know who's down there. We know who was, was partaking in fun with physics and, and all of the stuff that was going on there and in Santa Fe at his... Uh, um, at Zorro Ranch out there or what was happening in his town home and, and who he sold it to. I mean, I've, we've been writing about this and, and, and talking about this stuff for years, but my real interest is how they sell this to the public as, as this going to be some sort of what, like, well, now we know, now we know who's there and it's this list and it's only this list. And, and, um, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not going to hold my breath that everyone's, oh, Bill Clinton's on the list. Bill Clinton has been on the list for a long, long time. Look at the picture of Bill walking Chelsea down the aisle and look whose little head is peeking out. It's it's none other than Ghislaine Maxwell. The relationship between the Clintons and the Epsteins has been established a long time ago. That's, that's not going to be breaking news. But my question is, are they going to put... Are they gonna are they gonna put the media on the plane with him? Because you know there were some of the media people there too. Ooh, that would be spicy. Um 
Let's talk about this. Um, we've got a border health situation. And and you and I've talked about the the southern border for a while now. It's been the the, the vacancy sign has been illuminated for all of Joe Biden's presidency. And um, and we can feel however we want about immigration, be it legal and illegal. But this feels disgusting. This feels like a public health emergency. It feels like we're using human beings as pawns to uh, make some sort of political statement. We're 2024, where are we going to go with this southern border? Is this the year that things get closed up, that the Trilateral Commission decides, ah, we're done flooding you with, with, with all of these people? Or is it going to be business as usual, and are these people being uh, let into the country with a purpose that maybe even they are unaware of? It is, I'll say, the most terrifying prediction that I could make around all of this and tie it together is that They've been flooding the country with immigrants, not just to steal an election, which would be really convenient if you suddenly let anyone register to vote, no matter where they're from or whether they speak English or how long they've been here, whether they're here illegally or not, uh, then that would definitely sway an election, especially if those people felt like they owed it to the Democrats or they you know, were given directions to vote Democrat or who knows what, bribed. I, I don't know. So there's all of that going on. I think that's sort of the default assumption of why they're doing this. But I would say what is more terrifying is to consider that many of these people seem to be on the payroll of the UN and various forces that are foreign. Uh, and then also a lot of them do seem to be of military age and be male. There's a very small percentage that are female or children. All of those obviously have been severely abused the entire way up often and will probably continue to be once they're here. Who knows if they're trafficked or not? Uh, so the ones that are remaining who are military age fighting men, perhaps men of fighting age, uh, then they're being paid by foreign governments or the UN. Then can they be suddenly triggered to... I don't know what cause just cause chaos in general, just go stand in some, you know, BLM type movement and start burning things down. You know, we saw them create that with our own people. Could you also create that with people who have been flooded in from elsewhere? Some of them seem to be large amounts from China or other hostile nations who actively have policies written and spoken aloud to aggress against the United States. So why wouldn't they possibly have some sort of other agenda that a lot of these people might have? And obviously we can't assume all of them, but what if a large part of them do? Then what if, you know, there is some sort of backlash against the government and the things that have been going on and all of this that we see, and they trigger some sort of cyber polygon event that is a false flag event that, you know, we just saw predictive programmed in that movie that Obama produced and put out on Netflix, which had racial, racist undertones, overtones against white people. Um, and so if we see this sort of backlash come out, will they pull a sort of events like that shut down communications, shut down infrastructure. We don't know what's going on. We're running blind. And those people are all triggered to behave in some sort of destructive way at the same time. That would be a pretty epic false flag um, that could cause a lot of damage. And especially if it was near election time, you know, we have all of that infrastructure in place as well to suspend elections legally and, you know, to take to martial law if there's emergency in enough states and they could very easily just take everything and shut it down, turn it into that techno-communist nightmare uh, that, you know, they want to. Uh, so I, yeah. that's the worst possible prediction I can make for 2024. 
Well, and it's not it's not like you just pulled it out of uh, out of nowhere either, because we're seeing this being made to happen in Western Europe. I had taught, talked to Dan Lyman from Borderhawk News and Infowars Europe about this, and he uncovered this uh, this scheme that was going on in Croatia, where everyone was showing up with the same debit cards, and they would they were asking the people, "Where'd you get these debit cards?" It turns out it, they were getting them from Open Society, which is Soros. And the cards themselves were MasterCard branded, which is a partner of the World Economic Forum. But upon further review, they determined that the that it, that though Soros was financing the initial cards and MasterCard as well, they were being replenished every month. And through their own investigative uh, reporting, they discovered that the the group responsible for replenishing the cards every month was the EU itself. So these groups that are supposedly there to, uh, you know, to look out for the safety of the European Union or the United Nations, you know, we're just uniting nations into, you know, world government, of course. But, you know, they're, they're the ones that are supposed to be looking out for this. They are, in fact, the ones that are making it happen. So it's not an un, it's not a far-fetched scenario to think that people that were that were incentivized to come up into the United States were offered some sort of bargain. Hey, we'll let you in. You know, it used to be vote our way, vote blue no matter who, right? Remember who let you in. Now it might be, hey, listen, we're going to need you to sign up for the military. And if you sign up for the military, we'll give we'll give you citizenship, right? And so now we that bridges the dilemma of well, you know, if if the shit hits the fan, you can't have U.S. troops on U.S. soil shooting at Americans. That'll never work. But what if the U.S. troops aren't actually U.S. troops anymore, Lindsay? What if they are this army that has been uh, made to appear before our eyes? Wouldn't that make it just a little bit easier for them to shoot Americans if uh, instructed to? Oof. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you my silver lining on this. I'm addicted to these videos now of uh, people who go out and make good things happen for other people. It's like a, it'll be like a surprise and especially like people who look dejected down on their luck, homeless or whatever, and they'll give them all this money or supplies or these things. And they have massive followers. And a lot of them are young people. So young people are being influenced by influencers who are helping people. And then the young people are trying to mimic that and get their own channels going <laughs> to try to help people. So they're like incentivizing this pay it forward sort of mentality. And a lot of the people they end up helping are these immigrants. And I wonder if like, even if you came up with this sort of, you know, whatever sort of plan or idea or someone influencing you that something like that comes and drops in your lap and you see the kindness given to you. And then you don't go along with some nefarious plan just for money. And you realize that actually, you know, you're part of a larger human organism and Maybe that type of thing will catch on more and more and be infectious and we'll take it back. See, I told you Lindsay was going to put a smiley <laughs> face on this when we wrapped it all up because that's what you do. It's not all bad. Listen, there's a lot of uncertainty as we move into this new year. But um, one thing that I think that everyone can agree on, it's it, it pays to have your eyes open watch what's happening. Don't get sucked into these um, intellectual ghettos where you you are convincing yourself that the, the end is nigh. We always pull out of these things. It's just a matter of how it's going to wrap up. You can check out uh, Lindsay Sharman's work. Go to rogueways.org. That's a great place to find her. You can catch me tomorrow. I'll be back here 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. Take care, everybody.